Hello everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Will Clark, I'm the sports editor for Highland News and Media and joining me as always is a man who does need an introduction. He is the assistant sports editor at Highland News and Media. He is the Robin to my Batman. He is the Cash to my Tango. He is the Madge to my Harold. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Henderson. I know some of those references. <laughs> I've seen neighbours and years. I'm just glad you didn't say assistant to the sports editor and you actually assistant sports editor. I don't think that's official in any sort of writing, is it? Well, it just adds to the gravitas of the introduction to the show. Oh, I'm not complaining whatsoever. It's been quite a busy week, hasn't it? We've had actually had midweek matches for both County and Cali Thistle this week. We were both on the road on Wednesday night and survived to tell the tale. First things. You were at uh, Hamilton where you had a happier tale to, to report back. I had a happier tale on that Ross County one, but I tell you what, it was horrendous conditions. Like, <laughs> the way the way they had us sitting in the stand, I was getting soaked for the entire match. I'm surprised my laptop kept working the whole way through. But yeah, County won, so that was a positive. You're slightly less positive out in our growth. Less positive and also less sympathetic towards you in Hamilton. I was in our growth, the coldest place on planet Earth. I've heard that. I've heard it's one of the coldest grounds in Scottish football. Um, and a lot of people were surprised that the game went ahead. To be honest, I didn't think it was that bad. Yes, there was the Gale Force wins, and yes, you can kick the ball up in the air, but you know, it wasn't heavy rain, it wasn't heavy snow. It was nothing stopping the game being played. Um, I know John Robertson and Dick Campbell weren't too happy about the game going ahead given conditions, but we can speak about that later on. But I think uh, we've got to kick off with Ross County winning the battle of the bottom. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see it coming for a lot of the game. Uh, they went 1-0 down. I, I thought it was a really unlucky Stephen Kelly on goal, to be fair. I haven't seen it back, but from my vantage point, he went to intercept it, kind of stopped the ball, and then just spun, following him into the net. It's not really much he could have done about that. And then County absolutely dominated possession. That's so much of the ball. But short of... One chance in the first half, I think, that got a couple of deflections, then went wide for Jason Naismith, and one header from Tony Andrew in the second half that hit the post. They really didn't create much. I mean, even those two chances, the Hamilton keeper didn't have a save to make. Um, but few substitutions towards the end of the second half, paid dividends and two goals in the last 10 minutes. Count your four points clear of bottom of the table now. It's amazing how it quickly it can all change. And one substitute in particular... Jordan White coming on for his debut. He delivered the goods. Yeah, and you know what? I was a little bit surprised he didn't start, to be honest. The way uh, John Hughes had been talking about signing Jordan White and what he could bring to the team, I thought it was going to be nailed on. He's basically going to build that entire attacking unit around him. He started on the bench. He actually ended up coming on for an injured Ian Viger. So I don't know if that was necessarily part of the plan, but it meant they went two up top. And... Yeah, he got a goal on debut. He got an assist for the winner. It couldn't really have gone much better for him after not scoring the first half of the season at Motherwell. He's, he's opened his account straight away and confidence is going to be high both for him and hopefully now for County. I mean, that's the thing. When I spoke to Jordan White after he signed uh, for Ross County, he felt like he did have a point to prove. Um, after quite a successful period at Cali Fissile where he was the goal scorer for two consecutive seasons, was it 19 or 20 games he played for Motherwell without finding the net? 
Yeah, and granted, a lot of those were off the bench. It's, oh, yeah, it's exactly. 20 appearances, yeah. but that's not necessarily 90 minutes each time. It was maybe 5, 10 mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a long amount of time in real life, if not on the pitch, uh, without him scoring. So yeah, it was, it was a good one for him to get off the mark so quickly. Yeah, I should point out, he had three starts early on during his Motherwell career, and then he found himself as a substitute, which maybe led to the fact that he never scored at Fir Park. But what a fantastic instinct he had in the box to make it 1-1. How many minutes to go was it? Uh, it was, I think, quite to go was the 81st minute. Mm. So it, it really was late on, you know, 10, 15 minutes to go. I still didn't see County getting back into it. And then White scored, and then they went and scored again almost immediately afterwards. And suddenly they were the ones with something to defend. Uh, you mentioned Jordan White there, you know, saying he had a bit of a point to prove. We actually spoke to him again after the match just because of his performance. Um, relief maybe isn't quite the right way to say it, but here's what he had to say afterwards. Just delighted. Um, I think it was a really big win for us, um, and that, hopefully that gives us the momentum to go forward now. I think um, a bit open. I think both teams had kind of opportunities. Um, we, we were unlucky with the header with, with Tony, and, and thankfully, obviously, when I come on, we've we've got the goals. And I think you, you look at the quality of our team, and we've got that in us. So it was really good to see. My last start was actually against Hamilton uh, in August. So. Like, it, it, you kind of lose your feel a wee bit about about the pitch, and just, obviously because it was a wee bit of a fresh start today, I kind of felt like I got that back, and, and you've got a fresh mind and the way it's went. As I say, you look at the, the quality we've got in the team and then the quality we're bringing off the bench. We've got a good squad, and hopefully we can keep putting that together and picking up results. I mean, he'll certainly be wanting to continue as he started. <laughs> he couldn't have asked for much more. Yeah, he'll start on Saturday against Dundee United. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Fitness really doesn't seem to be an issue. Once he comes off the bench and makes an impact like he did, I don't know how John Hughes can't start him, really. The only question is, do they go two up top? And if they do, who's there with them? Ollie Shaw has been in such great form the last few weeks, but Billy Mackay was the man who came on as another substitute and scored the winning goal. I think a lot was made after the match about the White and Mackay combination. Um, but... For me, White and Shaw, just with the form Shaw's been in the last few months, that has to be the way forward, doesn't it? Surely, because, um, you know, it'd be harsh and Shaw to drop him just now, um, given uh, the good form he's been in and regularly finding the net, the net as well. But it sounds like Jordan White made a really big impact for Ross County uh, coming off the bench. Um so John Hughes might decide to go that way um, against Dungeon United on Saturday. But a game like Hamilton away, being with so much at stake and hearing everybody in the build-up to not just that game, but the Rangers game and the Aberdeen game before that, everybody at County talks about how fearless John Hughes is and how he's setting up County. I was surprised they only went one up top against Hamilton. And I would be surprised if they did the same against Dundee United. I, Maybe he will against Dundee United. We don't know that yet. But, you know, why not go two up top? He's talked so much about how Ollie Shaw isn't suited to the same kind of role that Jordan White is, and yet he still put him in that role at New Douglas Park when Jordan White was on the bench. And you could see the difference he made when he came on doing the exact, well, not the exact same things because he's probably more used to that sort of role. But I, I just don't 
understand why he didn't go too up top to start with against Hamilton. That's just such a mystery to me. Jake, there's maybe the fear of he's looked at what Ross County did in the, the first half of the campaign um, where they weren't scoring goals and they were conceding a lot because when Ross County lost, it wasn't just one. It was two, three, possibly four. When they conceded the second goal, heads did go down. Um, that was a characteristic of the Staggies during the first half of the campaign. And maybe that is playing into Hughes's mind, you know, yeah, he likes to play good football, but at the same time, you know, he's got to be careful that they don't go back to the old ways of taking a hiding. Um, I don't. I think the only time Ross County really have been have received a hiding was against Rangers. Um, they played, and then there was St. Mirren as well. I guess when they had two players sent off. Yeah, and I think. When Aberdeen were up in Dingwall back at the start of the season, I think that was four. Um, yeah. But there haven't been too many at that level or past that. You could well be right. It might just be with a, a defensive focus in mind. But while they've been doing that the last couple of weeks, some guys have been playing out of position as well. You know, we, at the very first episode, I think, of this podcast, talked about how good Harry Payton's been pretty much this whole season. He's been one of the county's standout players. And he's found himself out in the right wing the last couple of weeks. And, you know, you could tell, again, the same way with Ollie Shaw, that's not his natural role. He's not as comfortable playing out there. And one of the most common shouts John Hughes was making during the match at Hamilton was to tell Peyton where to go, where to stand, where to make the run. If the whole idea of not playing two up top is to be more defensively secure, surely you've also got to have guys playing in their best positions. Is there a necessity at the moment for people to play out of position, um, one or two players out at the moment. Is there that, are. You probably ideally have Regan Charles Cook on the right wing, but I think yeah. you could quite happily put Jermaine Hilton and Michael Gardine out wide mm-hmm. and have Peyton through the middle. Yeah. At the moment, it's just a case of survival and needs must. And the great thing about Wednesday night is Ross County are now four points above the bottom, albeit Hamilton have two games in hand. But you look at this at weekend, Ross County are playing against a low morale Dundee United, Hamilton are facing a rampant Rangers. So <laughs> this is you a... excited with that one, Will. It is. You know, it's a great chance for Ross County as well. They win. You know, Ross County win on Saturday. They're seven points above Hamilton, who will have three games in hand. Hamilton failed to pick up anything. Ross County's destiny is back in their own hands again. So this, this Saturday, it, it is a must-win game for Ross County. And they should not be treating it any other way. If they win this Saturday, Hamilton have a heck of a lot to do to get back into it. I still think Ross County will do well to get out of the relegation playoff zone, but let's not underestimate how big a win it was on Wednesday night for Ross County at Hamilton. It was huge. It could be absolutely season-defining. And I know, I think last week I said we're kind of going week to week. Suddenly they're doomed and then... They're looking at the rest of the bottom half of the table and they're doomed. <laughs> We're just going back and forth between it. But if they beat Dundee United tomorrow, they're going to be two points behind Dundee United. Yeah. There really isn't that much between the bottom half teams. If they can go on a bit of a run, you really don't know, but they need to go on a bit of a run. They need to have a bit more consistency. Because like I say, even though they won at Hamilton, there was large parts of it I did not think they were going to score at all. So even within games, they need to be at more of a stable level rather than having a 5-10 minute spell where they just look unstoppable and then 
not really being in it for the rest of the match. And funnily enough, John Hughes was actually saying something similar after the match at Hamilton as well. He said it before, but he's just reiterated the point. He wants consistency from this Ross County team. And that's, that's a good result for us tonight. That's a good result. Now we'll have to see if we can go back to back. We play a Dundee United team on Saturday. It's going to be a difficult match. But if you want to stay in the league, you need to go back to back uh, results. I'm looking for consistency performance. And the reason I'm saying that is because one game we're great, next game we're poor. One half we're great, next half we're poor. If we get consistency performance, I think that could be enough to get us results. He talks about getting back-to-back results. Ross County haven't won two games in a row in the league since the first two games of the season. And they'll never have a better opportunity to do it than this weekend because Dungeon United are in absolute freefall. I've been looking at the bottom half and I'm amazed how um, close other teams are to Ross County at the moment. It's really tight, isn't it? They've got every chance of moving up. Kilmarnock are only one point above. Mullerwell only two. St Johnston four. Dungeon United five points. That could reduce to two on Saturday. And it's a must win because I think it's Hibs and Celtic they've got after Dungeon United. It is, yeah. I think both at home, but yeah, it's a couple of tough games after that. But Hibs not going great either. And Celtic, obviously, hitting the headlines for how badly their season's going. And County have already beaten them away. You never know. Yeah, I know they give Kilmarnock a 4-0 doing, but you don't know what kind of team Celtic are going to field. Um, so it's it's a lot more optimistic. Um, I was really optimistic when they beat Aberdeen and then I was down in the dumps again when they lost to Rangers and Mullerwell. But, you know, fair play. This was a, this was a must win and it showed Ross County are up for a fight. And there's a very good chance there'll still be Premier League football in the Highlands next season now. Might, still might need a playoff, but I can't see Hamilton finishing anywhere but bottom now. I know they're the great survivors, but I've watched them this season and they're not that great, to be honest. So now that you've looked at the league table again, is tomorrow's game against Dundee United must win for County, do you think? Yeah, I've, I've, to be honest, you look at every game um, in the regular season now, I think it's all must win. They've shown they can beat Hibs. That's a must win as well. Every game's a must win. And it's amazing how victory can just boost your confidence. One last thing, I think, with County, we vaguely touched on Josh Reed on the podcast last week, but the move hadn't actually been confirmed at the time of recording. And since then, Ross Stewart has gone as well. I mean, those are, are two big players for Ross County this season. They seem to be coping all right so far without them. So far, so good. Um, mind you, it's only one game so far, but yes. <laughs> it is, it is. But it's three um, points out of three. <laughs> I know they were undisclosed fees, but it was reported Ross Stewart kind of left for £300,000 um, through a national uh, newspaper. Um, Josh Reed was about £150,000, and that could go to a quarter of a million, depending on what happens during his career. I think Ross County did the right thing. The, the way the world is at the moment, Scottish clubs are taking a massive hit, and I think they were more than entitled to cash in. So good luck to them. Yeah, I think especially this Stuart, it looked pretty clear he was going to be going in the summer, at least, for free. So getting an offer like that, they couldn't really turn that down. Josh Reed, I do wonder maybe if they could have given him an extra year or two. If they'd stayed in the Premiership, his value probably wasn't going to go down. But I also don't blame them for taking that offer, and it's a hell of an opportunity for him in the English Championship with Coventry. 
Yeah, 150,000 pounds for our 18 year old, I think is. That, that's yeah. a good deal. Um, and he's, he's obviously impressed. You know, there's not too many teenagers that get the chance to play at championship level in England. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But one club that is giving plenty of teenagers opportunity in the Scottish Championship is Cali Thistle. Um, I think John Robertson actually went for a bit of a more experienced lineup on Wednesday night against Arbroath, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, and I think I'll be kind of disappointed with the way things went again. Um, it wasn't a great game, to be fair, but the weather didn't help either. The game should never have gone ahead. You know, Dick Campbell and I both asked the referee if he'd taken the overhead conditions into account. And they just look at you as if you're, if you're an alien, you know? Um, the Derek Gaston's probably the longest kick of the ball in the league. He, he was struggling to reach halfway between the 18-yard line and, and the centre circle, and the ball was blown back to him, it was blown out the side. And they, they come up with the smarmy comments which annoy you. You know, oh, well, if they keep it on the ground, it won't be affected. Yeah, good, that's all right. And then a cone started to blow away during the warm-up. We, we, we both pointed that to him, oh, well, there'll be no cones on the pitch. And then you're turning around and saying, them, well, it's not going to be much a spectacle. Well, just as well there's nobody here to watch it then. You know, I mean, you don't need that nonsense. Over the years, even when I started way back in the, in the 80s, it's the one thing that they never take into account, is the win. Um, I think only once we went down to Air United a couple of seasons ago, and it was the wind and the, and the howling rain, it was impossible to play. Uh, and, and even this season against that broth up here, the wind was gusting 30, 35 miles per hour. It makes for a rubbish game, a spectacle, and that's what I'm saying is that the referees seem to think if the pitch is playable, the grass surface is playable, then that's all that matters. But there has to be at some stage, we've got to look at wind conditions because if it's over a certain a certain uh, speed, then it's farcical. I've seen it worse, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> mind you, I reported Wick Academy games for a long time, so I know what wind affected games actually mean. It was all right at Gayfield, to be honest. I mean, you couldn't kick the ball high in the air. It would just go straight back. But if you kept it low, you would have been fine. Uh, and the players handled fine as well uh, with it. Uh, it wasn't the greatest of football, to be fair, though. Our, our Brove may be unlucky they didn't win at the end. It hit the post. But John Robertson seemed to be happy with a point. Uh, he accused his players of being soft against Green at Morton seven days previously. He said there was a harder edge to them uh, at Gayfield on Wednesday night but still a lack of killer instinct in front of goal. I mean, Shane Sutherland did well with his goal. He beat his defender and rocketed the ball in from close range. But apart from that, I can't think of too many other chances Cali Thistle had to go and win the game. Scott Allardyce interviewed him afterwards, and he admitted himself the players were disappointed that they didn't create more chances. So it is something to work on. It's an interesting one because in years gone by, I would have said Cali Thistle have no problem creating chances. It's taking them. But saying that they weren't even creating them in the first place, I'm not really sure if that's more or less worrying, to be honest, because at least they were more clinical for the chances they did create. It's, it's a bit of a strange one. How, how much of that do you think was just down to the conditions? I know you say it maybe wasn't too bad, but the manager certainly seemed to think it had an impact on the game. Did that, do you think, stop? Cali Thistle from being a bit more ruthless? Well, at the start of the game, they did try um, a few high balls, but they learned pretty quickly that was impossible. Um, but Cali Thistle, they're noted for their attacking ability. They're known for playing the ball on the ground. Um, so it was kind of surprising that they 
didn't try to do that more during the match. They'll be disappointed they didn't test the goalkeeper more. John Robertson said he was happy with the point given the conditions. I'm not sure he would have been, to be honest. I think there could be a tendency in the Cali Thistle team to panic a bit if plan A doesn't immediately work. There's just a couple of times over the last few years we've seen them just start pumping long balls up the pitch when that's really not how Robertson wants them to play. They have that option, but he would much rather they get the ball down, try and play it around defenders, get it out wide, like you're saying. It just seems to be that if they don't get a goal after 15, 20 minutes of that, they think, right, we need to do something different instead of just sticking with the game plan and, and trusting that it will work eventually. Maybe that just wasn't the right venue and conditions for it. But they do have a tough game, and we're talking about how big matches Ross County have coming up. It's a massive game for Cali Thistle against Dundee tomorrow. Yep, because the top four are starting to run away a wee bit. Cali Thistle have got a good record against Dundee as well. Um, they're undefeated against Dundee for the last four games which James McPake has been in charge of all of them. Dundee, I know they've got um, Jason Cummins that's come in as well. Yeah. Is he going to make a big impact at Dundee or is he going to be one of those high-profile signings that just fails to deliver? Because Dundee have been guilty of that in recent years. Um, I know I've been really critical of Dundee for all the resources they have and the talent they have. They've always looked a pretty average team. I know at the start of the month, uh, they beat Hearts. But after that, they drew with our bro. Uh, they took the lead against Rafe Rovers, but got beat 3-1. We speak about it being a mass, must win for uh, Ross County tomorrow at Dungeon United. It's a must win for Cali Fussell at Dundee tomorrow. Because Dundee, they're the fourth place team. If they pick up all three points, they're going to create a bit of a gap with the rest of the division now. Because the Bramlin are flying. Fantastic result against Rafe Rovers. A very good Ray Rovers team as well. So I think Dundee are the team Cali Fissel have to catch to get a playoff. Because I think Dunfermline and Rafe Rovers, they'll be top three along with Hearts. So it's going to be interesting to see how Cali Fissel uh, play on Saturday. Well, I think I don't have the league table in front of me right now, but from memory, I think if Cali Fissel win all of their games in hand, they go one point behind Dunfermline. So you know, I've kind of been along similar lines to you all the last couple of weeks that they need to start getting wins now. They need to start picking up points and getting them on the board now. But kind of looking at it that way, they can maybe afford the odd draw here or there if they still win those games in hand, knowing that they still got another round against these teams to play. I don't know if it's game over if they don't win the next couple of weeks. It would make it very difficult for them. But I think they'd still have a chance, albeit maybe an outside one. I don't know, you're kind of pulling a couple of faces there. <laughs> Am I being a bit too optimistic, do you think? I think they've already had one draw too many. Um, I don't think they can afford to have any other draws in the next couple of weeks at least. I think it's five games in 14 days now. Um, yeah, I've just brought up the championship uh, table. Dundee are six points ahead of Cali Fissel. And I've played two games more. So... I think it's a case Cali Fissel have to win both those games in hand on Dundee because Dundee win on Saturday, it's nine points. And uh, given it's 27 games this season, that's a, that's a bit of a gap developing. And not only that, they've got, they've got a watch below them as well. You know, Arbroath are only three points behind Cali Fissel in ninth, albeit Cali Fissel have three games in hand. 
But I remember a few years ago, uh, Cali Fissel were only six points behind Dumbarton. And uh, Carl Tremarco, I remember speaking to him afterwards. It, it was none of this talk of, you know, let's go keep chasing the playoffs. We've got a look below us. And then Cali Fissel went on a fantastic run. And uh, we're only two points away from a playoff space uh, at the end of the regular season. So they've got to look both ways. Yeah, it's one of those leagues, isn't it? If you're not right up at the top, you're basically in a playoff battle at both ends of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it is, it's going to be a tricky one for them against Dundee. It's a massive game. You mentioned Jason Cummings earlier. For me, possibly their signing of the window was actually Paul McMullen. I was yeah. always really impressed by him at Dundee United, and, and he's a cracking player at the Championship. You know, he can be a match winner. They've got Osman Sow as well, and let's not forget Charlie Adam. Um, yeah despite his um, advancing years, has done really well at Dundee. But again, Dundee, they took on Rafe Rovers, they were in the lead and they got beat. Uh, they failed to do it at Arbroath as well. So they're 13 points behind Hearts. And you look at that team, they shouldn't be that far away from Hearts in this division. So I'm quite surprised James McPake is still manager, to be honest. But... Califis have a great record against Dundee and they've got to keep that in mind when they go to Dens Park on Saturday. Um, but I think it is a must win. Sorry for sounding so gloomy. I'm trying to be optimistic here. <laughs> <laughs> but Califis will never won since the beat Queen of the South. And that was at the start of December. Yeah, but they've barely played since then, to be fair. They played Alloa, they played Dunfermline, played Cadillac Morton. They've had four Al- games in two months since then. Still. <laughs> and they've only lost, I think, one of those, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they've only lost one of those, but they haven't won. Is <laughs> that the problem? Too many draws. But speaking to Scott Allardyce Wednesday night, um, they know they're underachieving and they want to put that right. So let's hope they put it right into Dance Park tomorrow. Absolutely. But from Cali Thistle men to, well, Cali Thistle women and women's football in general, because... There's not too much going on with them at the minute. They've been part of this whole shutdown. I was talking to the Cali Thistle women's goalkeeper, Sarah Murphy, in this week's Inverness Courier. But, Will, you have a story from Clacknacudden women. Uh, they were the Highland and Islands League champions in 2019, but there's been a bit of a change there. Yep. Uh, they've uh, appointed two new co-captains, Nikki McDonald and also Michaela Munro. Uh, I spoke to Michaela uh, earlier this week, a former Scottish under-17 international, by the way. Well, there you go. Obviously delighted to uh, be given the armband by new uh, Clark manager, Rob McLeod, who has plenty of experience at youth level with Clark Nakurin. And they're just keen to get playing again because their entire season was wiped out uh, in 2020. I think it was the weekend the season was actually supposed to kick off uh, Cali Fissel development against Clacknacord and I think it was yeah. I think it, was, it was kicking off with an Inverness derby I think you were actually going to go to that uh, game as well uh, I, I think so it's so long ago now so it's, ne- it's nearly a year Hendo yeah I know it's crazy um, and she spoke about you know the demeanour of the players they're just so down that they haven't been able to to go out because it's they've waited so long for opportunities like these in the Highlands um, before the Highlands and Islands League came along, it was basically uh, Inverness City 
uh, which was previously Inverness Cali Thistle, and then became Inverness Cali Thistle again, uh, playing in the championship. Uh, Ross County had a team for a while um, before they became Clark McCurran. But apart from that, you know, there was few opportunities for women to play football in the Highlands. And that was that was the great thing about the, the Highlands and Islands League in the 2019. It was all across the Highlands, uh, as well as Orkney, as well as the Western Isles. Um, and they're just eager to go back, back out there. Um, and they're very confident about their chances as well, Clark McCudden. It's just a case of wait to see when the season kicks off. Yeah, we don't really know when that's going to happen at the minute. Even the rest of women's football are just in limbo right now because we don't know when these current restrictions are going to end. And we don't know exactly what levels the elite sport exemption is going to apply to because as it stands, Cali Thistle women in the Championship North aren't part of that so even if the SWPL 1 and 2 goes back there still isn't any women's football happening in the Highlands which is as you say just a great shame after the strides that were made in the last few years it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a sad one fingers crossed it's not too long before they're back well the restrictions are supposed to ease at the start of March so hopefully that'll give us a date of when football, women's, men's, juniors seniors, dogs, cats can start again so we waited so long for our football to come back and then it was taken away again Let's just hope in spring, it springs back into action. But it kind of feels like every week we're talking about stuff either being totally up in the air or postponed or cancelled. And there was another bit of bad news for a big event in the Highlands this week as the Highland Cross was cancelled for the second year in a row. It's just another one of these trademark events that we have up here that's brilliant for the whole area. And you have people travelling all over the country to come and take part in it and Again, it's such a shame that it's not going to happen in 2021 either. No, but I mean, it, the Highland Cross, it brings Bewley to life. Uh, I'm not suggesting Bewley's a dull place at all, but it just adds something different to the village when it is, it is held. And it's another one of those events um, that is a boost to the, the economy. They have a, a maximum allowance of 795 participants, I think it is, who compete in teams of three. And they come across uh, from across the UK to take part. And then it was so sad it was cancelled last year. And now it's cancelled again. Not the first event, unfortunately, to be cancelled. And you just got to wonder, any event that's scheduled to be taking place in, let's say, June, July, is that going to be under threat as well? I'm thinking the Inverness Half Marathon. It was originally supposed to be in March and it was postponed till May. But can you see it happening? Organisers haven't said anything, but the Highland Cross was supposed to take place in June. Yeah. And then you've got the half marathon that's supposed to take place in May. Hopefully it can go ahead. Um, but again, it's all really pessimistic, isn't it? It's kind of been one of those weeks. you know. County got a good win, but other than that, there has been a lot of things being cancelled or postponed or decisions being put back, and we still don't know what's happening. Thank God for Ross County. <laughs> well... But also, thank God for Highland Boxing Academy. We talked about Jake McDonald last week turning professional, but we also got news through this week that they've appointed a new coach in Levi Coyne. Uh, This is a guy who's been at the club for six years since he was 14, I believe it was, was North District champion, and now he's been brought into the fold behind the scenes after retiring from competition himself. That's a bit of optimism, a bit of positivity for us, Will. Yep, it's good, and I know that uh, head coach Liam Foy is very optimistic about it as well. Um, Levi was rated really highly as a boxer during his younger days, and uh, he, I, he spoke to Liam about Levi. 
he obviously has a lot in him that he think he can pass on to other boxers. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, and Liam was saying he just kind of lives and breathes boxing, which is exactly that attitude I suppose you want for a coach to be able to inspire the next generation. I say stuff like that. He's only 20, but he's been around for a while. He knows the deal with the sport. Um, he's actually already started getting his qualifications to be a coach. He can already take corners in the amateur level and is working towards his seconds license for professional fights as well. So, again, we talked about Jake last week, but he's going to hopefully be able to help out with him and with Ben Bartlett as well. So there's a lot of good stuff potentially happening there once things get back to normal and we're allowed to have amateur competitions again, because at the risk of putting a total negative slant on this, we still don't know when that's going to happen either. <laughs> You know what? I like coaches being of a young age too. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for enthusiasm over experience. I did actually bring that up with Liam. I'm not sure if it made it into today's papers, but uh, I think I might have gone for a a slightly different angle on it. But I, I kind of made the point, isn't 20 quite young to be going into coaching? And the way Liam argued it with me was, well, you could be a GP in less time with that. You could be working in hospital in less time than that. You could be a teacher in less time than Levi has been at Highland Boxing Academy. So he's not shy of experience at all. From what Liam was saying, he's already been working with some of the, the youngsters at the club and they've loved getting his insight and his, as you say, enthusiasm for what he can bring to the tables. So hopefully it'll be a good fit for all parties. Yeah, I think there's sometimes older coaches can be a bit stuck in their ways if, if they're not getting results. They're not saying that for everyone. There's some fantastic coaches of a certain vintage. Um, but I'm all for new ideas. Uh, and uh, maybe that's what Levi's bringing into the table that's impressed Liam so much. So it's just, just a case of waiting for the boxing to get back into action again. Because boxing is huge up here. We've seen yeah. it ourselves. We, we, we write a boxing story. And it gets a, a huge reaction. We only have to look at Jake McDonald, you know, how much credit he's been given for um, taking a leap from amateur to professional. Yeah, it's one of those things when I was moving up here to start work with Highland News and Media, I really didn't know there was such a big boxing scene, but it's huge. And there's so many people taking part in it and working towards making boxing better in the Highlands. It's it's brilliant to see and full credit to Liam and of course the other coaches and gyms that are around the area for putting in the time and effort to do that because some amazing results over the last few years with national titles and international competitions it's, it's brilliant. People would be surprised how many boxing clubs there are in, are in the Highlands. You know, you've got Highland Boxing Academy with Liam Foy, you've got Inverness City Boxing Club with the legendary Laurie Redfern, you've got Jagabite Boxing Club in Nairn, you've got Nairn Boxing Club You've got Caithness Boxing Club in Wick. It's a huge sport up here. And, you know, they're not small clubs. They've got huge memberships. And the fighters are regularly winning local titles, national titles. Uh, when I say national, I mean Scottish. Also British titles as well. Yep. Competing across Europe. It's a huge sport. People shouldn't underestimate how big a sport boxing is in the Highlands. Have you ever boxed Hendo? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, my my brother used to do kickboxing, so we had like some like punching bags around about the house. So occasionally I would go and hit it a few times, but that I don't think you can really class that as boxing. No, fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's a totally different thing, really. Me just going and hitting a bag a couple of times and properly training. I'm not going to compare that at all. 
I've never boxed either, but I've been hit a lot. Well, there's a reason for that. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I think to be honest with you, that that pretty much covers us for the Inverness, Rosher, etc. <laughs> papers, the ones that we work on. I was having a quick look around some of the other titles, though. So there's a couple of stories that I want to direct people towards that we haven't really touched on yet. In the John O'Groat Journal, well, your old stomping grounds, full of praise for it last week. Still full um, of praise for it this week. And Alan Henry up there has been talking to Caithness Rugby Club head coach Ewan Boyd about what future might look like for Caithness Rugby Club and generally kind of for rugby in Scotland. He's uh, maybe thinking there might be a bit more of a regional system in place when they do eventually get started up towards the end of the summer. That was the plan, wasn't it? You never know. It's it's quite an interesting read for people a wee bit further north. Hopefully it does return back to um, the National League system in um, September, October. I've got faith in these jobs. I think they're going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how quickly we can get them. It's how quickly we can get them, yeah. Because um, we're speaking about rugby. We've already um, received word about Shinty. They're having a regionalised um, league system this season. They're going to have regional leagues of six teams. Um, which will give them 10 games a season at least. Um, you and Boyd at Caithness is kind of looking for a similar system up there. But looking down here, given how well Highland have done and, and their ambition to reach the top flight of Scottish rugby, it'd be nice to see the, the national system brought back into place for, what is it, 21, 22, is it? Right. Yeah, we've all totally lost track of time. I've lost track, yeah. Year. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I'm still sleep deprived from last night. And that doesn't help either. But if I go a little bit in the other direction towards the Northern Scot, Craig Christie was talking to Forrest's 2012 Highland League winner, Nathan Sharp. We've also talked in the past about the Highland League and Forrest not taking part this year. He's just been appointed assistant manager at the club. He's gone back. So uh, he's been talking about the work that the club have been putting in behind the scenes, really, while not taking part in the Highland League, even if that does come back in the next week while, and just kind of what they've been doing to build towards being a better club for next season. And I don't think anyone was suggesting that they would be sitting still, even before they've decided not to take part this season. They'll have Forest Mechanics. They're one of the established names in the Highland League. Um even though they're not playing this season, of course they're going to have a, an eye on returning back to action in 21-22. So, good to hear. That pretty much covers what I have. Will, is there anything you want to point people towards for today's papers? Your local news agent. That's where you'll find our newspapers. <laughs> Buy a copy, support our industry, support what we do. We're always thankful for it. Buy a copy. I keep teeing you up to like promote the work that we're doing and you end up just saying buy a paper, which is entirely right. But I might have to try and rephrase this question over the next few weeks to see if I can get you to say something different. You, you might get the same answer, Andrew. I'll, I'll warn you now. But <laughs> I'll see how it goes. Well, for the time being, you can still go and listen to old episodes on the Highland News and Media website under the podcast section of sport. You could go and see what we've been talking about in previous weeks. Some of those chats, like the Highland League one in episode one, are still probably quite relevant in terms of how clubs are going to cope and what effect it could have, because we still don't know when they're coming back. There was also the special episode with Stuart Kettlewell, which doesn't matter when you listen to that, it should all still be relevant and 
not totally out of date, hopefully. <laughs> it's a great that. listen. If you haven't heard it, go and go and find it. It's really frank and refreshing to hear a manager speak the way like he did to you. Go and listen to it. So we're, we're hoping to have more of those types of episodes as well, not specifically just with football managers or, or people in football. And if you have suggestions of people you want us to talk to about that, if you have questions that you want us to answer on the weekly show of Balls and Whistles, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Balls underscore Whistles. I'm heading to Dens Park tomorrow if the game's on. We're expecting a late call to be made on that. You're in Dingwall for Ross County Dundee United. It's, it's a weird Highland versus Dundee I know, eh? match day. It's a strange one. It works out. Um, but no, it's one I'm really looking forward to the future will look a lot brighter for Ross County this season if they beat Dungeon United on Saturday. We'll be back next week to talk about what happened in tomorrow's matches and also Cali Thistle's match next Wednesday. But I think until then, enjoy your weekend. Tell people about the podcast. That would be lovely, just, you know, for our own egos, I suppose. I told my mum. You told your mum as she listened? As she did, I. She thought it was very good. Well, there you go. If Will's mom's endorsing it, then all of you can go and spread the word about the podcast as well. For the time being, I'm Andrew Anderson, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.